But praise the Lord, it was. We got to play with the kids. We got to have fun, even though we just got killed. Walk away from that and go have fun. I was, had a couple that were, um, one of the parents were asking us about the church. And I got to brag on you guys. I got to brag on this church. It's so nice to be able to do that. Not have to make something up. Right? I think there's pastors, they got to lie. Because I've been to some of their churches. But I've been here. I get to brag on this church. I get to brag on you guys that, that you do love the Lord. That, that this is one of the most giving churches. One of the most, I believe, it's the greatest church in the area. By far. And I think God's not done with us. I believe he's just, just getting started. Just beginning to position people. Just beginning to put our hearts in a place that we're seeing him as he is. We're just beginning to hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we can be filled. And some of us think that we're filled. And, and I think we're discovering, you know what? I've been eating scraps. There's beginning to create a hunger. I want more. Amen? Amen. Amen. So praise God. I, I'm trying to give you more. Um, I believe if you're not getting fed, I don't know what to say because I'm getting fed. I'm growing. As your pastor, I'm growing. I'm growing in his word. I'm growing in his understanding. I'm growing. I'm praying and I'm trying to grow more into his image. Amen? To the full stature. To the full measure. I'm not there yet. But boy, I want to be. Amen? And this word is challenging me. Amen? So, um, our, our journey through the book of Revelation there's, is our blessed hope. You need to hear that, church. So I, there, there might be some like, man, we're spending a lot of time in Revelation. Some people don't like Revelation. Some people are afraid of it. The reason we're, the, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why would we ever be afraid of Jesus' revelation? I don't know if you've met him. But if you've ever met him, you're not afraid of him. And the more we go through this, the more revelation, the more enlightenment, the more revealing you're going to have of him. And every, the more revealing you have of Jesus, the more peace that you understand. And, you have, and the truth does what, church? Sets you, Sets you free. From what? Fear. There's so many people afraid of revelation. They're afraid of the end times. They're, and the church has been afraid of this for so long, and it's just mind-boggling to me. What are you afraid of? You're his beloved. You're his bride. You're his most precious chosen possession. And he's given us this beautiful gift so we would have hope and peace. So that's why we're going through Revelation. Amen? So if at any point going through the study of Revelation is going to keep you from church, you are listening to the wrong spirit. You need to hear this. The Holy Spirit does want you to understand and have a total peace in the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's only one other spirit that would want to keep you from experiencing the peace and the understanding of the book of Revelation. That's the spirit of the Antichrist, who would want to keep you bound in fear. Amen? And perfect love. And who is perfect love? Jesus. So what are we revealing? Perfect love. <laughs> the apocalypse of perfect love. The revelation of, of love. Is God love? He can't not be love. Anytime you put love in the Bible, you could put Jesus. 
You put God, because he's love. Amen? So we're revealing what love looks like. Amen? I'm glad you're with me today. The presence of the Lord is good. Revelation, third chapter. Verse 14. And lo, did the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Boy, that's a list. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich. And white garments, see this church thought they were. And Jesus is lovingly telling them you're not seeing it. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich. And white garments, oh, there we go again. The white garments. Those same garments that the 24 elders are wearing. And the 24 elders will have crowns that we just sing about that, that we will lay those crowns at his feet. Amen? Just, just a little note, because as we get into chapter 4, we're really going to expand what the, the rapture is, biblically, who the 24 elders are that are sitting around the throne room of God, that are in his presence, that are no longer on the earth or mentioned, until he comes back. And that's where they're going to be, and we're going to be with them. And we are the 24 elders, which we'll get into. How do I know that? Because they're wearing the same clothing that Jesus has been speaking consistently of through the book of Revelation to that point. And their clothing is different than the martyrs. Remember, the martyrs are wearing robes. The church is given white garments. And Jesus is once again telling the Laodice to see in church, you don't have the right garments on. Why don't you buy from me? Invest in me so that you can have those same white garments. Same words. Do you think Jesus and, and God knows like what he's doing using specific words? And that he could say it's just clothes. No. There's one that is stole, which is robes, the Greek word. And the, ra- the raiment is clothes. It's the same word used for the priestly attire. And what are we called to be? Kingdom priests. That's what Jesus calls us. Amen. So he's speaking the same language. That was all for free, by the way. Those whom I love, oh, right garments that you can clothe yourself, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word. Bless it. Bless our understanding of it. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Well, if you're keeping track, we're on point five today, starting at verse 17. We covered part of it last week, and we're going to finish up verse 17. I believe, I have faith, we're going to get into verse 18, and we probably won't go further than that. And then we'll probably conclude next Sunday the book of, uh, or the message to Laodicea. Point five is you do not know. Basically, Jesus is saying, realize or understand. You don't see, you don't realize, you don't understand. How many would say that the church age today we're in probably fits that description pretty well? We don't necessarily see well. Um, we probably don't realize or understand. The fact that um, some of the foolish things I would say are foolish are still continuing in the, in the face of, the, of Jesus and the Lord shaking the church and shaking the earth and, and not a whole lot of things are changing would tell me we're probably not seeing and understanding very well. What do you think? Their situation came from their failure to comprehend their spiritual needs. This church is in the place that they're in because they weren't comprehending, they weren't understanding, they weren't seeing rightly where they were at and what their needs were. Amen? They'd been lulled to sleep. Lulled to sleep. You guys ever, you guys, comfort puts you to sleep. Does it not? How many like, want, like, you're like, I want the hardest bed. I want the most uncomfortable bed so that, you know, I can just not sleep very well. If there's ever been a church age that has done anything and everything possible in their mind, and, and the world, not just, not just the church age, but the world as a whole, we want things as comfortable as we can be. I mean, you can spend a lot of money on a great mattress, and then if you hear that there's a better mattress. Oh, we, we might need that. You know, actually, I know I need that. I got to have that. I'm thinking I need a new mattress now. I've had the same one for, I don't know, 12, 13 years. It's not working as hot as it used to. What am I saying? I want a more comfortable bed. I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay for some more sleep. Have you noticed... This isn't a whole lot different. The comfort had lulled them to sleep. What was their comfort? And there's nothing, don't get me wrong, if having money or having wealth, is, if you have money and you have wealth, I'm not slamming that. And neither is Jesus. What Jesus is saying is this church had all of that and they were being lulled to sleep. Their comfort had caused them to get very comfortable. How I many when you have a really, really comfortable bed, it's hard to get out of it? They were not wanting to get out of their comfort. And it's been kind of probably like any pastor in the last hundred years that's preached this message of Laodicea to the people. It's like pre preaching to a people who do not want to come out of their comfort. And I'm with you. I like comfort. I like a comfortable chair. I went through and checked and tried all kinds of different chairs before we got these ones. These are comfortable, right? I didn't just go, ah, who cares? I want you all to be comfortable. We like comfort. If you can have it, why not? But I don't want them so comfortable that you never take your butt out of them. When the Lord's calling you and moving and stirring, 
That's when the Lord's like, that's too comfortable. Amen? They've been lulled to sleep by their financial sufficiency and their culture. The church, I believe, has allowed the culture of the world to lull us to sleep. Instead of the church affecting the culture. The church is supposed to be the change agent. God designed the church. Jesus went to the cross and then enlisted the church. And and the Holy Spirit came and empowered the church to be the change agent of the culture. That would be you. That would be me. We are the change agents of the culture. But we have been lulled to sleep by the culture. I don't think I have to go very far on that one. We're sufficient. We have all of our needs met. In the natural. Because of this, they could not see themselves as God saw them. How many know it's easy for that to happen? Here's how this happens. When you don't spend a whole heck of a lot of time in the Word, when you don't spend a whole heck of a lot of time in His presence where He can speak to you, because things are going really well. If, if that is true for us, then it's true for the church because we're the church. So if you have a big, predominant group of people that are supposed to be the change agents, and they're super comfortable, and things are going pretty, pretty good, there's not persecution happening. All is well. What do we need to change anything for? What do we need to... That's how you get lulled to sleep. They couldn't see... You know what's interesting? Some of the other churches that Jesus speaks of, they were persecuted, they were poor, and Jesus' words to them is, you are rich. That tells us we don't see the same that he does. You following me? We are not, we don't, unless the Holy Spirit, we're seeing through the Holy Spirit's eyes, and we are in line with the Spirit of God, and, and we're seeing through the lens of his eyes, and he's removed the scales of our flesh. We don't see the same. Because those churches thought they were the poorest, they were the weakest. There was probably something wrong with them because there was a Laodicean church that was prospering like crazy. And God's blessing them, so they must be doing something right. They're looking through the eyes of man, measuring themselves by a culture and by themselves. And God's telling the churches that were getting persecuted, that were getting beat up, that were poor, they didn't have a whole lot. You guys are awesome. You're rich in spirit. You're doing it well. And they got to be going like, then why is all this happening? And then you have the Laodicean church. They're rich. They're profiting. And they're like, we got it going on. Man, hey, Smyrna, why don't you get your act together? That church is being persecuted. Laodicean church, there's no persecution going on. And they're telling them, why don't you get your act together? Why? You should be prospering. In the natural eyes, they could not see that that church was on fire, alive, didn't get one rebuke from Jesus, not one. It's getting real. They couldn't see themselves how God saw them, spiritually bankrupt. 
I'm going to use the same language. They were rich. They had fat bank accounts. But Jesus is basically saying, you guys are spiritually bankrupt. You're not bankrupt in the flesh, but you don't have anything spiritual. You're lacking. And they were so blind by the physical, they couldn't see the spiritual. So he had to wake them up. Does a loving God, well, well, well when you see, like as, as anyone, as a father, as a mother, if you see your children heading down a train wreck and they're lulled to sleep, if they're sleepwalking towards the cliff, are you going to jump up and run and go, wake up? If you love them, you will. So Jesus lovingly comes and shakes this church and says, you know what he says? He says the same thing he said when we went through the Sermon on the Mount. Think about this. Remember, I kept saying this over and over. Jesus kept saying, you've heard it said, but I say. This church said, we are rich, we are wealthy, we are prosperous, we've got the greatest ISAB, we've got the greatest clothes, we got it going on. And he says, that's what you say. Listen to what he says in verse 70. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. He says, you do not know. Here's what he says. But I say that you are wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. Doesn't that sound familiar like Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount? You've heard it said, but I say. We really need to pay attention to what Jesus is saying, right? This is the letters that he's writing to the churches. What is he saying? He says, you say, but I say. He did that thing again. He says, you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Man, that's a list. Can you imagine the shock? You know, that's the same kind of shock when people are going to come to him and say, but Lord, we did all these things in your name. Who was he speaking to? We would call them believers. You think their spiritual eyesight might have been off a bit? If they're saying, if they're coming in confidence to the Lord, we're doing all these things for you, and he says, I don't even know you. I'm, I'm pretty sure they weren't seeing the same things he was. And they, they had to have been blown away. Is this gut check time? I hope so. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19 in the Passion, gosh, Beth, you're awesome. Says, if, listen to this, guys, listen to this. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all others. The modern church, I believe, has so focused on the benefits of this life, we are pitied. We, and you know what? When you leave this country, and you see the church on fire, we are pitied. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all others. I know this is real because the prosperity gospel is so popular. I'm going to probably step on some more toes. People laughed last time when I preached about the prosperity gospel. And that's not my desire. 
I'm not going to speak the truth to try to run people off. Jesus isn't speaking the truth so that the church would go to hell. He's speaking the truth to wake the church up. This is what he says. This is point six. I advise you. I advise you. Verse 18 says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich. He's not against you becoming rich. He wants you to be rich in the things that matter. The eternal. Him. He wants you to be rich in him. He's not against you having stuff. But when your stuff becomes an idol, he has a problem with it. And I'm going to show you, biblically, where greed is idolatry. You're going to go, wow, how's that? It's there. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I advise you. Another way to say it is, I counsel you. I'm counseling you. Buy from me. Don't think because you have gold, like, that you have my gold. They were gold refiners. They had a lot of gold refining in that region. So he's speaking their language. He's speaking into things that they fully understand. He says, I advise that you buy gold from me. I advise that you buy white clothing from me, not the black wool that you guys are so proud of that you're prospering because you have these black sheep that are producing this fine wool and you're making these amazing rugs and clothes. He goes, but I see you as naked. And it's shameful because you're not covered. You need to buy from me clothing. How many know there's clothing that he has for you? Righteousness. He doesn't want you to be exposed. He doesn't want shame to be on you. And some of us are running around mostly naked. We don't even understand it. We don't even, we think we're covered. We're good. There was still hope for this church. He's saying, buy for me. There's still time you can still buy from me. There's still hope. He's preaching hope, and he's bringing this letter of hope. I advise you, I counsel you, please buy from me. There was still hope for this church. Their situation could change if they would receive the correction and repent and build their spiritual portfolio. Church, we're at a crossroads. And I don't just mean you, me, the church, especially the American church. We're at some crossroads. Are we going to listen to this? Are we going to listen to this letter I believe written to us? There's still hope for the American church. This situation can change, but we're going to have to be zealous and repent. We're going to have to go, Lord, you know what? Thank you for these many blessings, but here's where they here's where their proper places in my life. They're about here. Here's where you are. You're here. Whether I have this stuff or not, it doesn't matter. I'm going to serve you no matter what. I'm going to praise you in the good times and the bad. I'm going to, I'm going to give you glory no matter what because this stuff doesn't make a whole lot of difference to me. It's not going to make me praise you any louder or shout any greater. I'm going to still serve you in the good times and the bad. And it's, it's easy for people to say, yeah, I can do that. But if you haven't been there, It's harder for, for people who have always had a lot of things to not have it. It's a lot easier for people who've never had a whole heck of a lot. 
But I'll tell you, there's a major blessing coming when you can have all that stuff and you said, it doesn't even matter. It's not going to keep me from you. What if we invested in the kingdom like we invest in the natural? What if? What would our spiritual portfolio look like? Would we, would we be diversified? We take, well, we need to be diversified. We don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. We need to make sure we have our stuff. Am I speaking to some people? Is it getting real? But we're, we're to invest in the kingdom where moth can't touch it, where rust, rust can't touch it. And we've got some bank accounts that are like, I thought there was some stuff here. Where'd it go? Oh, we've allowed someone to come in and, and take it. He could be the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What did Jesus say? I've come that you have life and have it abundant. And you have these prosperity people saying, that's, see, that's the verse. He ain't talking about this life. Somehow we forget when we come to Jesus, he kills us. Are we baptized into his death? Remember I said some time back, a lot of the American church, they're never saved because they never died. We just want to pray the prayer for a blessing. Oh, bless us, Lord. Oh, yes, I want to be on your team because you're rich and you're going to make me rich. No, he said, pick up your cross and follow me. I'm going to die. You want to come? And we go, that's not, the, that's not the gospel. I don't like that. Oh, Pastor Steve, you're a doom and gloomer. I'm preaching Jesus' word. Just because there's so many other pastors and preachers preaching something different, it's a different gospel. If it's different than what Jesus preached, it's wrong. Jesus didn't tell his disciples, follow me, guys, we're going to be rich. We're going to have the biggest homes. We're going to roll in the fattest chariots with gold plating. Everyone's going to see that I'm the son of God and I'm supposed to be blessed. The world will know I'm Jesus because of my blessed. No, he came poor. His family was so poor. Yeah, did, they, did the wise men give him gifts? Yes. Were they rich? No. How do I know? Because when they came to give the pay for Mary's purification rites, you were supposed to bring a lamb, but if you were poor, you could bring doves. Guess what they brought? Not lambs. They were poor. You got all these prosperity nuts. Oh, well, Jesus had this amazing robe. It was worth so much money. That's what Pilate put on him. Yeah, the purple robe. They were mocking him with that robe. Oh, well, he had a one piece. It was worth... Yeah, it was, that's what priests wore. His, I guarantee you, wasn't dripping in gold and purple. He said, Isaiah prophesied. He, was, he looked like unassuming. He, he, there was nothing that drew your attention to him. He was meek. He was poor. He was a carpenter, not a tax collector. Now we got the church full of tax collectors. That's from the Holy Spirit, by the way. I never even thought of that. That vomiting thing out of his mouth, it's getting real. Because it makes me want to puke. You know what? That's the Holy Spirit in me. I hear this prosperity garbage. It makes me want to puke. Yeah. 
God ain't concerned about you getting rich here. He wants you rich in him. Where it'll never change. This is temporary. Where does he say to invest? Well, why don't you invest in the temporary so you can get a fat portfolio here? No. He ain't concerned. Really, it's like, you know what? Great if you have it, great if you don't. But if it becomes an idol, it needs to come down. And he don't play kindly with others. It's prosperity garbage. Instead of this world's wealth, they could buy pure gold, free from impurities that is refined by him. That's what he's saying. Don't worry about this wealth. You can buy wealth from me, and it's pure. There's no impurities. You don't have to worry about getting tripped up in it. This world's wealth, you have to be very careful. We will get, you better be afraid of wealth. You ever watch what happens to people who win the lottery? God loves you enough that he knows most of us are knuckleheads. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to handle it. We'd be start serving stuff instead of him. He's saying, buy from me. 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 7. It says, celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has shown us his extravagant mercy. You want to see extravagance? It's his mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are born into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever. Where? In the heavenly realm for you. Where is this richness? Where is this prosperity? Where is this inheritance? Is it about the now or is it about eternity? Come on. Verse 5 says, through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. You know what the gold is? It's faith. He said, I want you to invest in me and you're going to have gold. It's faith. That's pure gold, undefiled. How's your faith portfolio? Verse 6, may the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. How many of us are jumping for joy? To realize that there's a, a revelation, there is a place of a prosperity that's eternal. We, we have an inheritance that's out of this world. Be, and it came through Jesus coming and dying for us and resurrecting. We should be jumping for joy for that. No matter what your situation is here. That's why people outside the country, they're jumping for joy. It's a blessed hope they're looking forward to his return. The American church ain't looking forward to it because we think we got it going on now. I'm not mad. He says, even though lately you've had to put up with the grief of many trials. We should jump for joy. He says, even though lately, though, you've had to put up with the grief of many trials. Well, that shouldn't be happening, Pastor. Where do we read that? He says, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. They hated me, they're going to hate you. That's the gospel. Yay! When you're facing persecution and people are hating you because of your light, 
You should be jumping for joy. Not going, man, I need to get right because I'm not getting blessed. You're being blessed. Your, your faith is being tried and tested and purified by the trials. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when we face trials of many kinds because the trying of our faith, what a faith, the gold is getting tried, purified. The trying of our faith develops perseverance so that you'll be complete, not lacking any good thing. So what's the gold? It's faith. Goes on. But these only reveal what? Trials. These trials only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire. But your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. That's the gold I want. That's the gold I want. I want my faith to be so ridiculous powerful that my God is so big in my eyes that nothing that comes against it, it looks puny. It's like I laugh. I just laugh. You think you're going to do what? My God is so big. That's laughable. Devil, take a hike. Instead, we're covered up in the corners with our thumbs in our mouth. Oh, no, there's a sickness out there. We better hide. How big is your God? How big? Is it getting real? This life ain't that important. It's a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow. The gone tomorrow I'm looking forward to. That's where my inheritance is. That's where my Lord is. That's where my home is. I'm just a sojourner traveling through this place, and it sucks. Compared to there. I know, some people are mad. Jesus does want you to be filthy rich. I don't mean a little rich, filthy stinking rich. In his gold. In his spirit, in his kingdom. Filthy stinking rich. He's telling me, you could receive from me clothing that will cover your nakedness and shame. But come to me. Don't try to clothe yourself. Don't try to buy all the... Come to me. I'll clothe you. In what? Righteousness. Where all your shame will be gone. All your guilt will be gone. You will have right standing with me, your father. But you got to come to him. How is that purchased? How can you have such fine clothing? It was purchased by the blood of the lamb. It was, you were bought with a price. It was purchased with the highest value. But yet somehow we think we're going to invest and buy things that are of a higher value than that. It's laughable. They needed to get his special eye ointment. They were so proud of their eye ointment. They were so known for their eye ointment to help people relieve their tired eyes and so they could see clearer. And he's saying, are you guys serious? You're blind. 
You think you see? You don't. You need to buy from me eye ointment so that the spiritual eyesight would come open. So that the scales, like Saul had, would fall from his eyes. You need to have the, the eyes have put on so you can see past the temporary into the eternal. Come on. Come on. So that you can see past. You can only see right here. I need you to see out there. You're only going to see that if you buy the eye ointment from me. If you invest in me. Quit relying on what you think you can buy and get for yourself so you can have good eyesight. You don't see. And it was proved that they couldn't see their own spiritual condition. So I need you to be able to see so you can really see. That's a loving God. I don't want you to stay blind. I don't want you to stay in this place. I don't want you to stay naked in shame. That's like Hosea going and buying back the wife. I love you. I want you to, to be rich. I want you to be rich in things that matter. The church has so much anxiety, fear, depression, sickness, disease, starvation. How is it all working out? How's this wealth stuff working? You go, well, Pastor, I'm not that wealthy. Yes, you are. You're rich. You got money in your pocket, you got a bank account, you can flush a toilet, you can turn on water, you're rich. Are we rich in the things of the Lord? See, Peter, he was poor. I'm gonna, I will get to prosperity at some point. The disciples weren't rich because Peter didn't even have anything to give the beggar, which the law told him when someone is a licensed, legitimate beggar, you're supposed to give to them. He said, what? Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give it in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And it says he lifted him by his hand and yanked him up. And guess what that man did? Those lame limbs begin to leap. He was rich in the kingdom. He was rich in the things of God. He was poor. Well, that does, wait a minute. Yeah, that's going to jack up your prosperity gospel, ain't it? Read the Bible. The Bible says in the last days, false prophets will come preaching a different gospel. It's different than the truth. It's false. All right, let's do it. I brought two Bibles today. One for the each of you, devil. You ever seen the movie Tombstone? I got two guns. Some of you may get that at some point. I just want to go old school for a second. We're going to go Isaiah. I just want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about what, what the Lord was saying to the shepherds. Come down here where you guys are at, where you live. Can you put these lights up a little bit more, Richard? So my shiny head will glow. Turn with me to Isaiah 56. You get a chance, go home and, and do some more studying. Because I'm only going to give you a few verses. 
verse 10 and 11 says, For the leaders of my people, the Lord's watchmen, his shepherds, are blind and ignorant. They are like silent watchdogs that give no warning when the danger comes. They love to lie around sleeping and dreaming like greedy dogs. They are never satisfied. They are ignorant shepherds, all following their own path and intent on pursuing personal gain. Does that sound like shepherds today? Come on. Prophets today? They're consumed on personal gain. It says that they are dogs. They are silent watchdogs. You know what? I'm not going to be a silent watchdog, church. When I see the thief, when I see the, the false, when I see the fake, I'm going to say, hey, that's false. That's fake. You've heard me say, I'm not even the shepherd. I'm just a sheepdog. He's the good shepherd. I'm a dog that will bark. What good is a dog? This is, what, this is what the Lord is saying. What good is a dog when he sees the thief, when he sees the, not the shepherd, the false shepherd, the one who's not coming through the gate, climbing over the wall, that's not barking, and going, hey, that's wrong. That's a thief. You following me? Turn with me to Ezekiel. few more pages. I think we're Ezekiel 33, 34, somewhere in there. Yeah, 34. Read that chapter. Let me give you a little bit of what Ezekiel, what verse is that? We'll just read from one. Then the message came to me from the Lord, son of man, prophesy against these shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. What sorrow awaits you, shepherds, who feed yourselves instead of your flock? Shouldn't shepherds feed the sheep? You drink the milk, wear the wool, and butcher the best animals, but you let your flock starve. Those are shepherds that are feeding off of their sheep. Now you tell me that's not the prosperity gospel. Tell me, who are they feeding off of? The sheep. They're I mean, when you say, I have $15,000 dog, my million-dollar jet's not enough. I need a hundred-million-dollar jet. And the Lord's telling me I need that. You are, you are a false shepherd. When I hear from my own ears them say, God's blessed me so greatly that my chandelier costs more than your homes. One chandelier in my house, and I've got 15 of them in my house. Um, you're getting fat off of the sheep. And, and we are so deceived, we give them money. And we're deceived because we're doing it because of our own greed, because they're saying, if you give to me, God's going to bless you, and it's a stupid pyramid scheme. That's all it is. It's because of our own greed, we want to give them money, so then we'll get greedy. We'll get more stuff like them. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, do you want to hear what else it says? You sure? Verse 7. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves 
and left the sheep to starve. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I now consider these shepherds my enemies, and I will hold them responsible for what has happened to my flock. Is the church in better shape now? Answer me that. Is the church in better shape now since the prosperity gospel? Spiritually. And you know what's sickening? Is this garbage is getting spread to all these other countries where they don't have wealth, but they've got the power of the Holy Spirit. And they're saying, America, you need to be measuring yourself. Look at what God's doing for us. It's sickening. It's exactly opposite of what Jesus' letter to the church of this time is. It's a different gospel. It's a false gospel. And I'm not going to, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to be the shepherds that he is saying, the watchdogs who aren't barking about the truth. These prosperity people, you know what they don't preach about? Abortion. They don't preach about the things that get preached here. And they've got a wealthy kingdom. I wonder why. They were doing the same things. If you go back and read all these passages, these shepherds weren't saying a word about Israel committing fornication, about Israel sacrificing their own babies on the altars, about Israel having orgies and doing all the other stuff. Those prophets weren't saying a thing about it, and God is saying, you are dogs that don't bark. You're supposed to be keeping my people awake. You don't hear those messages. You, hear, you guys hear the messages that tickle our ears, exactly what was said in the New Testament. You don't, you, the church can't understand and listen to real truth anymore. they got to hear what tickles their ears. I hear people saying, well, I don't want to hear Revelation. I might have, you might got to go hear someone that will tickle your ears. We don't need our ears tickled in this day. We need to be awake. We need to be rich in his spirit. In his power. I'm off my notes. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 5. Okay, I'm going to bring it new school for you. Ephesians chapter 5. Living in the light. Verse 5. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is a what? Idolater. Worshiping the things of this world. Now you tell me these prosperity preachers are not greedy than anyone else. When their $10 million jets aren't enough. When their $15,000 dogs when there's chandeliers that one of them costs more than most people's homes and there's 15 of them in their house and they're bragging about that. It's greed. Go look at the Webster definition of greed. It's different in the gospel. You can be sure that in no immoral and pure... You can be sure... No immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For the greedy person is what? An idolater. Worshiping the things of this world. You want more? Why not? Colossians chapter 3. Let's look at 1 through 7. Living the new life. 
You guys, that was the old life. That was the old life when we were so concerned about all the things that would fulfill the lust of our flesh. Since you have been raised to new life, that means we had to have died. To new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where? On the realities of heaven, not on the realities of this earth. On the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor. Isn't that what he's saying to the Laodicean church? You can sit with me. Buy from me. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. When? Where's your inheritance? Sounds like they're all saying the same thing. So, in light of that, put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. What are the sinful, earthly things lurking within us? I'm glad you asked. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Oops. Does that sound a little different? He's saying the same thing. Guess what people have always been, and the shepherds and the prophets have always been in danger of? Being misled by money. What is Paul saying very clearly? Where do you see Paul rich? He says, I've learned, I've le and he learned how to be able to have stuff, which is praise God. But I've also learned not to have anything. You know why? Because none of that mattered to him. But the priceless gain, where was this priceless gain? Tell me, church. The priceless gain was knowing Christ. He said, I've counted all as refuge, as dung. I've counted all as loss. But for the priceless gain, what was his profit? Knowing him. That he might know him who came and gave himself for him. He wanted to be rich in that. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Hey, is the anger of God coming? You know what? I believe the anger of God's coming, and exactly like this book says, just like what we're reading about Laodicea, he's going to vomit up some people. And I believe he's getting ready to vomit up this prosperity garbage. Here's what I'm not saying. Some, some of what they preach is true. But I've said many times, would you want a pie that my wife made that had some feces in it but a lot of good ingredients you want to feed on that i know that's crude the american church is feeding on it and wanting more and it's killing us where do i go from here lord
Ephesians 1. This is why Paul prays, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your understanding, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. Paul's praying, I pray that the light of God will illuminate your eyes. And that song we sing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you, not with these eyes, not with our natural eyes. Doesn't the Lord tell us, I want you to walk by faith, not by sight. He sees differently than we do. In John 16, 13, it said, but when the truth-giving spirit comes, the spirit of truth, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. The spirit of truth wants to reveal to you what's to come. That's what my heart is. I want to reveal to you what's to come. I want the eyes of our understanding to be open where we're not misled. We're not going down chasing the exact things that's bringing God's judgment. I can't judge the church. I'm supposed to. I'm not supposed to judge the world. They, they're lost. We're supposed to have our eyes opened. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth. Thank you, Lord. Church, what he is providing here for us cannot be earned or purchased with natural money. You remember, do you remember in the book of Acts? I think his name was Bar-Jesus, wanted to buy the gift of people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Paul cursed him. We can't buy the realness. We can't buy the real. It comes from him. And there's a lot of fake. I talked to a couple just yesterday. They were concerned, because, and rightly so, because the Pentecostal church, and a big part of it, is the prosperity junk where they have to fake a bunch of different things. There's a real. You don't, it's not bought with money. Here, send me money. Send me seed faith money, and we'll pray for you. Oh, I want to puke. Where do you see Jesus ever do that? Where did Jesus go? To those who had nothing. They couldn't give to him anything. He was coming to give to them. Church, that's what Christians are supposed to do. Pour out yourself like Jesus did, like a drink offering. It's not what you're getting, it's what you're giving. It's different. And then you'll be rich in heaven. 
You're storing up treasures that moth can't touch, that rust can't touch. Jesus was our model. He poured himself out like a drink offering, every bit of himself. He wasn't getting what he could get. Here I am, I'm their conquering king. Everyone give all of your gold and your silver to me, and then I'll make you rich. That's a thief. Yes, I'm going to give an account for every word that comes out of my mouth. I'm very aware of that. I'm okay standing before the Lord and barking at false prophets and saying this is wrong. It's contrary to the word. Nitpick a couple scriptures and try to... People said, well, the disciples were rich. Show me biblically. Couldn't happen. They couldn't do it. Yeah, you were told by those false dogs. All kinds of different things, but they weren't biblical. And we're listening to them because they got a bunch of stuff. But where's the real goods? People falling down all the time. They just could blow on them or throw their jacket. That's garbage. It's garbage. It's a circus act. What are you saying, Pastor? Can God not do it? Yeah, God can. But he could do it without me. I don't got to push anyone over. I've, I've had it try to be done. I grabbed a hold of the chairs and looked him straight in the eye and said, look, if God wants to knock me over, he can, but you're sure as heck not. God don't need my help. I'm in his way most of the time. Until I surrender, until I die to myself, until I lay down all my other preconceived idea things and say, Lord, you show me, you speak to me, you reveal to me. And then great things happen. But it's all him. I'm poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For they shall be filled. These riches have to be provided by Jesus himself. And they're provided to those who put their faith and their trust in him. Not their faith and their trust in their stuff. We all come the same. And if you don't come this way, miserably, poor, broken, wretched, understanding that condition, you are not fit to receive the inheritance. That's strong. He wants to take us higher. He wants to take us higher, church. He wants to take us higher. Isaiah 55. Here's the invitation to the Lord's salvation. Is anyone thirsty? You know what's sad? Is the most of the American church isn't thirsty. Because we've got a fridge and, and coolers full of things to drink. Look at what he says. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even, even if you have no money. What? What? Wait a minute, I don't have to buy it? I don't have to seed faith it? Even if you have no money. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. What? Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why are we doing this, guys? Why pay for food that does, does you no good? 
Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Isn't that his heart? Are we so dumb to think like our good father ain't going to feed us the best things there are? He's going to give us the choicest meat. Oh, would you like prime rib? Would you like a filet? How would you like that? Medium rare meat? Great. Would you like milk? Great. I'm going to give you some great milk. Would you like wine? Okay. I'm pretty sure that the wine that Jesus made was probably the most amazing wine ever. He's not going to give you like the box. <laughs> oh, here you go. He's going to be the most ridiculous wine that there's ever been. And it must taste good because I don't really like to taste the wine. But it's going to be great. Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. He's the yes and amen. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the people? I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord, am your God. The Holy One of Israel have made you glorious. Church, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked one change his ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heaven is higher than the earth, his things are higher, guys. He's one to take us higher. Just as your ways are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow comes down from the heavens and stays on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will always accomplish all I want it to. And it will, prop, it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and of his love. Oh, Lord. Church, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he's near. If we've been in error, we must change our ways. We must repent. We must turn and say, God... Help me get my eyes off of this stuff and onto you. Your ways are much higher. Your thoughts are much higher. Church, he's not coming to try to take from you. He wants to give you things. But what he wants to give you are not natural. They're not carnal. They don't die. They're forever. Righteousness, peace, hope, love, joy, power, a sound mind. They last forever. Holiness, the fear of God rather than the fear of man. The fear of God rather than the fear of a virus. The fear of God rather than the fear of a governor or a president. Come on. Freedom is what he wants for you. Not bounds of stuff. It's a deception. The more stuff you get, the more bound you are to it. The more you have to work and give to provide for it. 
He wants you free. Will you bear with me and examine what I've said and go look at the scriptures? Can you seriously sit here and tell me that God wants us, he's really concerned a whole heck of a lot about our being prosperous on this earth. And that's the lie. The people need to see us rich so they'll understand that our God loves us. These guys will say, because I got a Bentley sitting in my garage, they can see how much my God loves me. Well, I could tell you, people have seen how much God loves me because of what he's done for me. He's picked me up out of the pit. He's empowered me. Where I didn't have peace, I have peace. When you have joy and there's no reason for you to have joy, that's from the Lord. When you have joy because you're a billionaire, are people really saying, well, you've got joy from the Lord or you got joy from your junk? I had more joy in my life when I was locked up in jail and destroyed everything. And they're going, what's wrong with you? Why are you so happy? I'm like, I don't even know. I just started reading my Bible and I surrendered myself to God. It doesn't make sense, does it? But I feel good. That's what blows people's mind. There's no reason except for Jesus. If it's the other stuff, it's an idol. Come on. What do we want to invest in, church? What do you want to invest in? What do you want your portfolio to be? How diversified do you want to be in the kingdom? What a thought. You know, we can actually have the glory of God radiate out of us that we can walk by someone, they can be healed. I know that's possible because I've seen it in Acts. Where they take an article of clothing and just send it to someone here. And because of the anointing and the power and you're walking in such a richness of glory that someone just touches you and they're, they're healed. That's what I want. And not so that I can say, I got that, so that people can be touched by Jesus. So that people will understand there is a God and he's real. And he loves them and he wants to set them free. Free from the bondage of sin and death. Free from the bondage of the shackles of being on the hamster wheel and running after something with that carrot. Being able to have more joy in their life if they have or if they don't. Amen? Lord, examine our hearts. Challenge us, Lord. I thank you for this church, Lord. Sometimes I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but you want, us, you want more of us. You want, <laughs> I believe you want us to, to really reflect your glory. Not our glory, your glory. You want to take us to a place that you're glorified in power. That people come amongst us and they're radically transformed and they go, what is it about you? And there's nothing, no other reason except for you. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart. We want to see you. We want to see you. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Open the eyes of our hearts. We want to see you. We want to see you. See you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy.
Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Open the eyes of our hearts. We want to see you. Lord, I pray that we become so concerned and consumed with seeing you, knowing you, hearing you. Lord, that everything else goes by the wayside. Lord, that we would pursue righteousness like we pursue money. We pursue holiness like we pursue the things of this earth. That we would be rich in you, rich in power, rich in love, rich in joy, rich in peace, rich in patience. I said the P word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're dismissed. You're dismissed. We're running out of time. I used up every drop. Amen. I love you guys. I pray you leave here encouraged, not beat up. Next week, it will make a lot more sense. He's, the Lord said, I discipline those that I love. He loves us. Amen? He loves us. Be blessed, you guys. I love you.
One thing I desire, only this I see, is to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. This will be my passion, laying at your feet, just to dwell, dwell. Most beautiful, most beautiful, dearest father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, one thing I desire, only this I see. Just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. 
This will be my pasture Oh, laying at your feet Just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever Dearest Father Closest friend Most beautiful Most beautiful 